0: Welcome to Not In A Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not In A Huff. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate it, as always. Really amazing guest for you this week. I'm interviewing Kiami Daviel. Now, I'm not sure whether you know the name just by hearing it, but I guarantee you know something that she did when she was a kid. All grown up now, we're going to talk all about the amazing, uh, amazing things she's doing and, and going to continue doing. But we're also going to talk a lot about a, a small little movie she was in called Matilda. Matilda. Now, <laughs> the, maybe the year after it was it was made, we could call it a small little movie. But now it has taken a life of its own. I think, you know, whether you're you're my age and and saw it, you are know, around when it came out, or whether you're a kid and and uh, maybe your your parents are showing it to you, Matilda was such a a cool uh, movie. Uh, of course, it's it's based off of a book by uh, Roald Dahl. Tough name for me to say. Uh, we talk about that a little bit in the the interview too, but uh, he's also the one that wrote, you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, James and the Giant Peach, all these really really cool um, stories. But Matilda just absolutely took a, a life of its own. She's going to explain all about it. it. You know, the movie should you have never seen it before, uh, but it's it's a lot of I'll tell you a lot of uh, people I know it's it's their favorite kids movie. It's it's one of my favorites as well. Um, just the, the messages it, it it points out, you know, just overcoming things, The just the, the fun behind it. You know, it stars Mara Wilson, who, of course, also is in Mrs. Doubtfire and uh, the newer Miracle on uh, 34th Street. So just a, a, a cool movie all, all around. Danny DeVito actually is the one that directed it. He was in the movie as well. But uh, we're going to talk to her about her experience you know, back back when it was made as an eight-year-old in the movie, she played Lavender, which was Matilda's best friend, teaches her, you know, all about going to school because she had never been to school before. She's got some of the, the most iconic scenes, her in that that young girl that with a, a deep voice and, and uh, just just the kind of the antics that, that her and Matilda get into and, and the things that they learn from each other as, as kids. So I really think you're going to enjoy this. Some of those behind the scenes about uh, being on Matilda, how they did some of those uh, magic moments, about how all of the, the people behind those characters were really amazing people. None of them were actually at all mean, even though there's several people that played some, some pretty mean characters, but I think you'll enjoy this behind the scenes, this where are they now, um, but uh, I, it was an absolute pleasure speaking with her. Uh, without further ado, here is my interview with Kiami Daviel. I'm here today with Kiami Daviel. Kiami, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So before we start talking about, I'm sure the thing you have to talk about all the time and what everyone knows you for, Let tell us just a little bit uh, about yourself, kind of in your own words.
1: So I um, was born in Kentucky. And so I'm kind of a, a city country girl, I guess, if you will. And I lived there for almost the first eight years of my life. And then I moved to California, started modeling Um, And then started uh, actually, well, I started a modeling convention one in Los Angeles before I actually moved um, with images, model, and talent in Kentucky. And then I went to a convention in New York, found my manager in Los Angeles and moved when I
0: was about eight. And the rest is pretty much history. Yeah. (laughs) So how did you move from, uh, I guess, that act or excuse me, that modeling you know, mm-hmm. sphere to, to acting. Cause that's, that's how we know you now.
1: Right. Uh, you know what? I think that acting just caught on to be honest with you. I loved modeling. I loved the runway. I loved the stage. Yeah. I think that just acting kind of took hold first, but I always knew that I wanted to be in front of the camera. So I think that me starting out modeling was just a very, very nice introduction to what it was that I I knew my purpose and my passion was.
0: I gotcha. So what did, what kind of, I guess, family did you have when it comes to that? Were they like kind of pushing you towards, you know, this is what you should do or they like, Oh, I'm not sure. Let's just try this out. What, what uh, did you have kind of stage parents? Or were they kind of hesitant with the whole process? Cause it's normally one or the other. Right.
1: Absolutely. No, um, my parents were very, very supportive. My mother was extremely supportive. She was right there, a lot of sacrificing, a lot of hard work and dedication on you know her end uh, you know, to keep me grounded, to make sure that I knew who the diva was, and it was not me. <laughs> um, but you know, she was very, very supportive. She sat me down before we moved to make sure that I understood what came along with this move, you know, being away from my family, not necessarily being able to do what I wanted to do as far as being able to maybe go on different trips or, you know, do certain things with other kids my age because of the fact that I was working or, you know, whatever that might be. So she definitely set me down, make sure that I understood what that looked like. But she was definitely all in and as long as I was happy and I was thriving, then she was ready and willing to do what needed to be done to support me. So, and all of my family, even though they didn't move with me, was extremely, extremely supportive. So,
0: yeah, I'm blessed. No, I like that a lot. And I, I've, I've talked to several kind of child actors in the past, and I'm sure, you know, just how powerful I think that conversation was just because, you know, it, it just helps ground people. It helps them realize, Hey, this is, this is uh. A, a sacrifice for you know the parents too and i think that that's a, a huge thing that when when parents are, uh, are do do that and not just you know kind of feed into that feed into the diva as you said yeah,
1: exactly <laughs> exactly you have to you know i was i was fortunate enough to have that parent who made sure that i had that structure made sure that i still enjoyed my childhood you know but understood that this was a job and then I had to work. And so, therefore, also not letting that get to my head because, no, that you you are blessed and it can be taken away just as quickly as it was
0: given. So, you know, being able to remain humble yeah. in our
1: aspects. So.
0: No, I, I like that for sure. So how long were you acting before um, you got the role in, in Matilda?
1: So I started filming Matilda when I was eight, almost nine. So it was... Probably within about four or five months of me really being out in Los Angeles and really kind of being all in as far as this new environment um, with all these changes and new people, new school, all of that, and making those adjustments. But it was probably about four or five months, if I can remember correctly. My first uh, job was actually a music video. Hmm. And then I ended up doing some commercials, and then I ended up landing the role of Lavender. So it, it went quickly. It, it, as they say, escalated quickly. It escalated very quickly, but in a, in a beautiful and positive way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so what was the, I guess, what was the audition process to uh, to get the role as Lavender? So, of course, I I started with my basic
1: audition. We went to Sony Studios to audition and I ended up receiving a callback. And once I got a callback, I went to go meet with Danny and, um, you know, to try to essentially allow us to kind of see how we, how we vibe, And even though I was young, it was still important to make sure that I can remain professional, that I can take those directions, even though I'm a kid and still wanting to have fun and, and making sure that I fit what it was that he was looking for as far as his director's eye. Mm-hmm. So once we did that, essentially, actually, funny story, I met Mara's mother, at that time as well and so she actually her and danny actually had a conversation and she was telling danny that that's who we want that's her and i found this out years later but um so that was pretty much how it went and then the next thing i knew i was in for fittings and getting my wardrobe together and it was one of the most exciting, exciting times. And then we also had a table read with all of us. So everybody got to meet each other and run through the script and, and understand kind of what that process was going to look like. And of course, this being my first film, I had no point of reference. And so that was essentially how it went. It was first audition, callback,
0: got to meet with Danny, got to talk to him.
1: And here we are.
0: Here we are, yeah. And I always mm-hmm. like to kind of just frame things to to people who maybe have never never seen the film or know nothing about you know movies in general. I, I don't ever mm-hmm. assume anything. So let's, Danny. I assume you were talking about Danny DeVito, right? Yes, yes, yes. And then Ma- Mara and Mara Wilson. She's the one that played Matilda. And I oh, believe yeah. at that same time, um, I mean, it, from, from what I've I've read, I think that that was a, a very interesting time for her and you're talking about her mother i believe her mother you know i i believe she passed away during this filming correct so her mother actually passed um
1: after we got done filming yes so that was definitely an interesting time for her but her mother was an incredible beacon of light her mother was just the sweetest person even in doing what she was enduring she was Always, always just a, a joy, and just even you know at my age, me understanding that she had amazing energy, and she always had a smile on her face. She was beautiful, so I'm I'm blessed to have been able to be a part of her life for the time that I was, and I'm grateful to her for
0: for picking me. Uh, so. uh, yeah, that's that's powerful for sure. Yeah, and when we're we're talking about uh, you were t- you mentioned Danny DeVito. Uh, and, you know, when we're talking about the, her mother, um, mm-hmm. I read somewhere, too, that he, like, put together a, a special sh- uh, screening of it so she could see it, you know, before something were to have happened, so... Mm hmm. Yes. So
1: once everything was finalized, we actually had a premiere once everything was edited. Now, of course, I don't know exactly all of the ins and outs of how they you know, got that together and planned all of that. But yes, she was able to actually see the film. Yes. Before that. So that was a beautiful, beautiful moment. And, and again, just incredibly grateful.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about working with with Danny DeVito. I know, obviously, in this film, he doesn't necessarily play somebody who's the, the greatest guy. But from everything that I've read, I read Mara's um, autobiography or book or whatever you call it. It's, it's a little it's a little different. I don't know what I'd call it an autobiography, but uh, I read her book. Obviously, she really enjoyed speaking with him and working with him. So tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. him, because I don't think he was anything like that, uh, that character he played.
1: Not at all. Not at all. Danny is one of the sweetest individuals and he's, his, his directing style is so just him, if that makes sense. It doesn't stray far from his, his character. However, I will say that he was, I feel like the only individual who could have made this happen. He, he it was, it was one of those things that was just destined on, and ordained for him to put this project together I don't think anybody would have been able to do it any better than he did and he was so incredibly patient with us because we're kids so you know when you have a whole bunch of kids together this is like a big party because we all get to play together and you know so just being patient with us and understanding that we we are kids so we do have to have those moments where we have to break, or you know, would have to gently remind us. Hey, you know, it's it's time to focus, <laughs> so we can kind of lock this scene down and do what we need to do. But in in doing all of that, he was just so kind and so friendly, and I learned so much from him because not even once I I, I actually booked the role, my mom was showing me different. Uh, works of his, like Taxi and, and these different shows that he was on. She was like, so I want you to be familiar with who this individual is and understand the lessons that you can learn from him. So I want you to take this opportunity to soak that up because this is legend. He has been around for so long and he's got so much wisdom. So be able to just soak that up as much as, you know, you can as a child, but, you know, take those experiences, take those lessons and carry those. So he was fantastic. Absolutely. Fantastic.
0: I like that. I I like your mom. I I like the the (laughs) advice she gives you. Yeah. Just the opportunity that you had at such a young age to, you know, work with someone who has done so much. And then your, you know, your mom mentioned that you, you should, you know, take this and learn steps from, from him. I I think that's really, really, really cool. I like that a lot. So when we talk about, uh, I, I guess, you know, we're, we're mentioning Matilda again, trying not to assume anyone knows very much. Let's, let's put this, I don't know. What is it? 25 years ago, if this was, you know, (laughs) kind of the, the press tour, Tell us just a little synopsis of what Matilda was about, and and what your your character Lavender, uh, I guess, did in the film.
1: Sure. So, Matilda, who, as we've already discussed, was played by Mara Wilson. So she was a young girl who was kind of born into a family who didn't really appreciate her, didn't really understand her, it was rather neglectful, to be honest, and um, so they end up sending her to a school with an a principal who is just mean, just all around mean to kids, probably shouldn't have been a principal at all. <laughs> and so Lavender is her best friend who ends up in her classroom with uh, our teacher, Miss Honey. And so Lavender is showing her the ropes, kind of being by her side to Help her in this transition because Matilda has never been to school. So she doesn't know what that experience is. But Matilda is an extremely bright child. She is extremely, extremely bright. She reads, she loves to read. Uh, she can, um, math is another strong suit of hers. So she's just an, an, a very, very intelligent child. So her and Miss Honey end up growing together and they end up connecting and and really building a super strong friendship. And then Matilda also learns that she has powers. She has the ability to move things um, with her eyes. And so at the end of it all, you know, she saves me from Miss Trunchbull. (laughs) And she also sort of teaches Miss Trunchbull a lesson at the end, and um, her and Miss Honey end up being able to kind of live uh, together in Miss Honey's cottage in a harmony and in peace, and being able to just have each other to to lean on and support. So that's the the cliff note version.
0: <laughs> no, that's that's awesome for sure. Yeah. And obviously I know, you know, Danny DeVito from a lot of other roles. So it was easy to kind of see that, Hey, this is a a role that you can separate him from. But I've right. also heard that Miss Trunchbull was an amazing person too. So that's the, that's the part that it's just strange that, you know, what she played on camera and then off camera, it was something totally different. I feel like that's kind of funny.
1: Absolutely. Um, her real name is Pam
0: Ferris yeah. and,
1: Pam is again one of the sweetest people. I know she looked scary, but she is literally one of the sweetest people. She is so funny. She's so funny and she is she is such a a joy to be around so she's definitely not as scary as she looks <laughs> at all
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and i think you were really in in a lot of people's favorite scenes in in the movie so tell us what your favorite scene to to film was a lot of times you know when i talk to actors it's not uh, it's not mm-hmm. what everyone thinks it is maybe it is in this case but i always like to hear that answer
1: Oh, sure. So I would have to say probably my favorite scene or one of my favorites is the cake scene. That's one of my favorites. And then a very close second is the scene where, well, actually there's probably three. The very close second is probably the scene where Matilda does that huge math problem. Mm -hmm. And then I say, wow, that's probably the closest second because everybody's like whoa your voice is so deep and so <laughs> that's probably the close second and then sliding down into third is probably the scene where uh, Matilda lifts me up as far as onto the the pole uh-huh. to get away from Miss Trunchbull so those are probably my
0: three favorite scenes and how I, how did how did that lift happen I, I know in in Mara's book she was talking about how she was kind of put under that table when she was in Miss mm-hmm. Trenchable. So how did how did your lift happen?
1: So there's a, a harness, which is almost like a, a short set, but it's a metal and it has some loops on the side of it. So there were wires. So I had on the overalls, the harnesses under the overalls and there's uh, wires that are linked to the loops that were running up the back of my overalls. To the top of the sound stage, so there's individuals at the top of the sound stage. So when it's time for them to lift me, they're at the top pulling me up. But yeah. and then once they're editing it, they edit out the wires, and so you don't see all of that. But that's how we had it. That's how we made it happen. Movie magic.
0: Movie <laughs> magic for sure. So we're talking about the movie. Were you at all a fan, or had you ever even heard of of the book? Now, your, your name I had to practice on. I tried to practice on Raul Dahl's name. You know, I feel like <laughs> everyone just looks at that and says Ronald, but that's just me, I think. But, <laughs> but um, did you know at all about the original book? You know what? I didn't. I did
1: not. However, after, of course, I booked the film, I had to go get it. Yeah. I had to go get it. Also, James and the Giant Peach. I had to go get that one as well just because I wanted to kind of get – a really good understanding of this author that now i'm bringing or helping bring his book to life so but once yes once i booked it i, I had to go and get it but no i didn't i wasn't familiar with it prior to yeah
0: I've, I've i've not read the book so i don't really know is it very i mean is the movie relatively close or is because i know some of his books other ones Mm. They get, they get a little bit strange, so I could see that it, <laughs> maybe they tone it down. I don't know.
1: No, actually, it's it's relatively close to the actual book, which is which is good. No. And um, I actually got to meet his daughter Lucy That's while we were filming as well. So that was that was a joy to kind of be able to meet someone who is
0: pretty much a descendant of the reason why we're all here. Absolutely. We talked about your, you know, your favorite scenes. Is there any that maybe weren't as fun to film as it was to to watch, whether it's, you know, that it took eight hours and we had to redo it 15 <laughs> times? Is there anything that maybe wasn't as, as great?
1: You know what? Honestly, n- not any that I can think of, to be completely honest. We had an amazing time. Now, I do know that, uh, especially in those scenes where you may see us and we're outside, it was hot. So, but other than that, I mean, that's not really anything that's a major thing. I'm a kid. I love being outside. So it wasn't even a big deal for me. So there wasn't
0: anything that I can really think of that wasn't enjoyable. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, anything, any, anything with the movie, you know, I'm sure people listening is probably seeing the movie 10, 15, hundred times anything that may surprise people about the, the filming and exactly how it all, uh, it all happened.
1: Um, you know what, that is a good, a good question. I think that probably what surprises people most is how all of the magic in the movie happened and kind of learning about different ways that those scenes were shot like for example myself with the harness and Mara talking about herself under the table and when the erasers flew and there's actually a stick with the eraser on the end but of course you don't see the stick because you know we're editing that out but I think a lot of the times people are surprised to know how those type of things happened so those are always little Fun little tidbits to share
0: for sure and i think the biggest not surprise because everyone knows people are, are playing a role but just just when i when i watched you guys's reunion um mm-hmm. just to see you know the real personalities of everyone is just a, a cool mm-hmm. a cool thing so you know we mentioned yeah. the the reunion have you been able to, to stay in contact with very many people from from the film yes which is
1: so so awesome and I feel like you know those are lifelong friends because we spent four or five months together you know pretty much every day so and I mean I will always say Mara is my sister from another mother so you know we'll always talk to each other make sure we wish each other happy birthday you know check in see how things are going absolutely we definitely stay in touch have to (laughs)
0: yeah yeah so you know we've we've spent i don't know 15 20 minutes talking about one of your first roles does that i mean real talk here does that ever get old i've I've talked to a lot of people who you know i have actually talked to a lot of people on their first role is when they hit it big and Mm -hmm. um you know there's some people that really like kind of helping people relive their nostalgia because everyone likes nostalgia everyone likes to kind of remember where they were when they seen things and i think that's why people are are so interested in hearing about kind of your story, uh, mm-hmm. but does that get old for you? Because there's another side where you can be like, you know, this happened when I was eight, and now I've done so much more, and everyone just wants to keep talking to, to me about <laughs> Matilda. So how do you how do you feel about it?
1: You know what? To be honest, it does not bother me. It does not bother me at all. Um, I am absolutely grateful to be a part of such a historic film and it's not something that I take for granted. And also it is a film that has opened so many doors for me to, to be able to do other things and, and to really catapult my career and to do what it is that I love to do. So I am completely okay with it. Absolutely okay with it. And I would say no matter how old I get, no matter how old the film gets, I will always, always pay homage to it. I will always be grateful for the opportunity. I will never feel bad about it. I will never not want to talk about it because of the fact that it was a huge part of my career. It's a huge part of who I am. It helped me have, again, all of the other opportunities that continue to present themselves. So I'm I'm not mad at it at, at all.
0: Yeah, well I like that. I I I've, I've talked to most everyone I've talked to. Obviously they know that's what we're going to talk about. So I don't think they would agree <laughs> if we if if they didn't want to. So but you know I, I've talked to people that say, "Hey, exactly what you said. If you mm-hmm. know, if, if I hadn't done that, then we wouldn't be talking. I wouldn't have exactly. lived the life that I've lived." So no, that's I mean exactly. that's a, a huge thing for sure. So tell exactly. us a little bit about what you you've done since then. I I I know that you were in several uh tv shows but talk a little bit about uh, your your career since uh, since matilda absolutely so yes i've had opportunities to
1: be on many different television shows uh movies i've had opportunities to be able to produce um write and you know kind of be able to start creating my own projects which is what i'm in the process of doing now so it's definitely been a journey and it, And it's so interesting because when I when I started, I didn't I didn't really have a a goal in mind, if you will, because I was so young. I just knew that this is what I wanted to do. And so whatever that meant, that's what I was going to to do. And I was determined, you know, with my, my mother's help and my family's support to do that. But I didn't necessarily say, okay, well, now that I have this, what can I kind of do to build I wasn't that wasn't my frame of mind but now as I've gotten older I've been able to do that and and start working on like my foundation mm. that I'm working on and being able to just take those times that I've I've been on set in and and learn these lessons and and build something for those that come after me
0: mm.
1: so that's really since then that's really what I've been working on working on leaving, a legacy and leaving a a path, like I said, for those who come after me to continue
0: the movement. So I like that. I like that a lot. I I read somewhere that you had uh, written a movie. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. I did. So I wrote a
1: film um, called Reckless. It was actually back in maybe two thousand. 13, something like that. And it was the first time I've ever actually written anything. So that was tough because I kind of had to take myself out of being in front of the camera. And that's my first experience kind of being behind the scenes and just really taking on a different creative area, so to speak. So I learned a lot. I realized that it, it gave me a greater appreciation for those who do write and, and for those that, that do produce. And I realized that it, it stretched me to a point where I knew that this was something that I wanted to continue to do. I wanted to continue to evolve in that way. And it's so amazing to be able to sit and watch your words be brought to life, your ideas, your kind of creative thought process that you put in in on this paper and you're watching these individuals who love the craft just as much as you do bringing these characters that you had in your mind to life and what's even crazier about it is there's sometimes where you have these aspects of these different artists that bring something different to this character that you didn't even think about when you wrote it so that is, is really the biggest piece that I've been able to take from that. So now I've just been in just an extreme creative mode since then, just in all areas, producing, writing, of course, in front of the camera. So and, and then again, like I said, my uh, foundation that I'm developing. So it's all just kind of stemming from being stretched creatively when I wrote that.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's cool. So how much do you think can be attributed to, you know, eight year old Kiami with her mom telling her to listen to as much as you can from Danny DeVito as he directs mm-hmm. that kind of inspired you to, to kind of get behind the, the uh, camera yourself? You know what? I think there's a lot that I can contribute to that because he
1: was honestly the first as far as my, my major film, my first major director that I was able to work with. So just being able to be so observant and and watch his process and watch how he worked and and watch his tone, the way he carried himself, the energy that he brought on set. So I'm able to still take those things with me. And regardless of whether I'm in front of the camera behind that, I I can reflect back and understand how his energy made me feel how his delivery made me feel how his work ethic made me feel Mm. so that that way I can pass that on to the individuals that work on my project Mm. and make them feel as as wonderful and as, as appreciated and as valued as he made me feel even though I was probably too young to be able to put that feeling into words yeah but that's what that was
0: Right. Yeah. And I don't think the the words matter. I think, you know, I, I think a, a good saying is you don't really remember what people say to you, but you remember how they make you feel. Make so you feel. I, I, I like that a lot. I like, you know, that you're, you're wanting to to make sure that the people feel a certain way rather than just what the words you say. I, I think that's exactly. really, really, really powerful. So, you know, we, we talked about how it's been so many years since, since the film, I, I don't believe it was a huge, um, you know, huge hit when it first came out, but it's just taken a, a life of its own. There's not a lot of films, you know, these days that there's still, pe- I, you you posted on your your Instagram, somebody, you're still dressing up as Lavender. So what's it been like for the last, you know, 20 plus years, the life, you know, that it's taken and people still enjoying it with their with their kids. I'm sure there's people that watch it as kids. Now they're probably showing their kids. So okay. tell, tell me a little bit about just, you know the the experience of, of literally being lavender the last twenty years while uh, everyone's enjoying the film.
1: You, you know what it is. It is a blessing. It is an absolute honor. I am privileged, and and it is just a, a feeling that again is there's no words to really describe that. I I am absolutely grateful that there are individuals that who love this film so much and have been able to find, especially for those, those individuals who, when I first started, when they first seen this film, there weren't a lot of individuals that looked like me. So there weren't a lot of little black girls that had these individuals that they could see on a movie that they could relate to. So a lot of the times this is, I am that, that first little black girl that they seen that looked like them. And so that again is something that I do not take lightly. And so because of that, I realized that I have this purpose and, and this passion to do something dynamic to, to take the impact that I know that this film has had and, and, and do something amazing with that, to take the impact that I know that my character, just from me being who I was, to, to continue to change those lives of, you know, those little Black girls who say, that's what I want to do. If she can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why when I, I do see these uh, babies dress up for me as Halloween, it's it's incredible. And I will you know, try to post as many as I can when I get them, because I want them to know that I see you and I appreciate you. And I want you to know that regardless of how long the film has been out or however long you know, that, that journey takes you, wherever that journey takes you in life, just know that it's always worth it and that you are always worth
0: it. No, that's that's exactly. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we're talking about, you know, the impact of the film, you know, between exactly what you said, just seeing people that that look like you on on you know, the big screen is a, a huge thing and makes a, a huge mm-hmm. impact. And then as well as you know, the, the film as a whole, well, I, I think there's a lot of people that watched it that just maybe you don't have the best home life, but they learned that, hey, you know, I can I can rise above what, you know, my, my situation. So it's just a, an impactful film. And I think that's why it's been such a, a uh, you know, has such staying power. And, you know, when we're talking about impact. You've talked about your foundation. So tell us a little bit about the impact that maybe that's making or that you hope that it makes.
1: So I was essentially raised by a single parent, uh, mm-hmm. just my mom. So my foundation is really going to, be towards single parents. So I want to help um, with mind, body, and spirit. So in the mind uh, aspect, you know, I want to provide, you know, whatever support that we can provide for, you know, these parents and, and their kids be it, you know, school supplies, clothing, um, you know, uh, and and now mental health is is getting the recognition and, and the light that it deserves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being able to provide that. Uh, and then the body part is, you know, making sure that we can provide a healthy lifestyle. Um, both of my parents, my father actually, had uh, multiple myeloma, and then my mother um, actually was diagnosed with leukemia in 2018. So my father passed, but my mother, praise God, is, is still here doing very well. So with that being said, I wanted to make sure that I can stress the importance of taking care of yourself physically. Now, there's only so much that you can control. Honestly and truly, you can only do the best that you can, but at least providing those avenues to do the best that you can with, you know, the healthy food, the yoga, the meditation, exercise classes, whatever we need to do to kind of get yourself and and your your babies moving. And, and, you know, getting the fruits and the veggies in and, and doing what we need to do to make sure that you have the substance that you need. Let's do that spiritually is you know, whatever counseling that you need, spiritual counseling, um, Bible study, whatever that looks like. My father was an ordained bishop. So, you know, that's been a huge part of me, churches, and and my faith is a huge part of me. And anybody who follows me or knows me knows that. So uh, being able to provide that for them as well. and and their babies and making sure that their babies have that strong foundation to know who they are and whose they are. And so that's pretty much what this is based off of and and where we're the goal and and where it's headed. So it's still kind of in our development phase. Um, There's a lot more that goes into it than I realized, but... Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I know that it will it will definitely be worth it. So that's that's where we're where we're headed. So I'm I'm planning on really kind of finishing up this quarter in that planning phase, and then at the beginning of the year, really putting all of the the pieces of the puzzle together so we can start doing what we need to do for these families.
0: So. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. I, I wish you. Have- Nothing but the best because that's an awesome mm-hmm. mission for sure. And you know, you talked about the uh the foundation and a little bit uh you know what, what your, your future plans are, but mm-hmm. um you know what, uh, what what do you hope the the future holds in the you know that that next uh five, ten years and I guess even further?
1: So, you know, definitely,
0: of course, career-wise,
1: just continuing to grow, um, continuing to build you know, my platform, continuing to do what it is that I love to do. I'm continuing to create and continuing to not only create just what I feel needs to be discussed or shown, but creating opportunities for others as well. And of course, with my foundation, getting that definitely up and off the ground and being able to be a blessing to those who need it. And personally, you know, hopefully, in the cards, you know, being yeah. able to be married and have a family and, you know, things like that. So that's definitely where, you know, I'm seeing myself happy, healthy, joyful, and just in a, a place of peace.
0: Yeah,
1: I think that's it, super important.
0: I th- yeah, I think those are, are huge goals. And I think those are, are really cool. Do you, uh, I mean, is, is acting something you still want to be involved in? I know Mara's really pulled away from that. but But what about you?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm I'm still acting. Um, I'm more on the behind the camera now, but I, I'm definitely still acting. I'm definitely still filming in front of the cameras, definitely still doing all of that. So, and I don't see myself giving that up anytime soon.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how often do you, I guess, does it pull you back just because, you know, I, obviously you're an adult now you're not you know you're not eight years old but Mm -hmm. once we we you know talk about it obviously i can see that you're you know you're that character and then also that you know you still kind of have the same voice but does people really recognize that or or not i think you kind of have to be put in that mindset that hey this is lavender and then you say oh yeah there's the face there's the voice but i don't Mm -hmm. know whether it's like perfectly where everyone's just going to immediately know
1: it can kind of go either way. There are times where people will recognize off, off top. And then there are times when I will talk and, and someone will say, you know what? You look you look familiar. I don't know where I know you from. And then they'll think about it. And then they'll say, oh, my gosh. Nah, nah. So that's usually how the conversation goes. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I wonder... <laughs> Do you, I mean, do you, I guess, volunteer? And I was talking to somebody else who's like, mm-hmm. you know, if they, if they figure it out, of course I say it, but I'm never, I'm never going to be like, oh, I was such and such in this role. And they're like, no, that's not it. I thought you went to high school with me. And they're like, then you feel like an <laughs> idiot. So <laughs> do you volunteer it or you wait for people to kind of figure it out?
1: I'll wait for them to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll wait for them to figure
0: it out. I like that. All right. So uh, how can people connect with you? I've taken enough of your time. Let's uh, let's have people uh, connect with you, um, uh, I guess, further. And sure. So I am on
1: Twitter, which is KiamiWL, and my Instagram, which I am heavy on as far as making sure that I post updates and you know what I've got going on. And my Instagram is official KiamiWL.
0: I got you. Well, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you. So that was Kiami Daviel. What an amazing person. Really enjoyed speaking with her. I've probably seen Matilda 20 plus times. So just hearing kind of the behind the scenes of you know, the movie magic, what it was like being on the film, whether she still likes speaking about the film, which I'm sure glad that she does. Uh, just the amazing things she's doing with her foundation. Um, you know, those, those stories about learning from Danny DeVito and how it's kind of taken a, a a life of its own in, in her work now, speaking about Mara Wilson's mom and the, the tributes that they were able to do for her. I, I really just enjoyed speaking with her. Hope you enjoyed learning just a little bit about, uh, Kiyomi, whether you're a huge fan of Matilda and you like to hear kind of those, uh, Maybe those behind the scenes parts, so whether you've never even seen the movie, but you like to hear, you know, stories from some people that have some some amazing stories to share. You know, just I, I can't imagine what it's like being an adult now who was in a movie that people are still watching, still loving, still dressing, you know, their babies up as your character. And uh, and still just embracing that just got to be a special thing and I really appreciate Kiami's time. Do go check her out uh, if you're um, you know wanting to follow her. She just gave you all of her her links there. Uh, they will be in the show notes as well, of course. If this is your first time listening here and uh, you want to follow Not Enough Podcasts on Instagram, JacksonF.com. If you're listening on Apple, please do. Leave a a rating, a comment. That's always appreciated. Those reviews are are greatly appreciated. But uh, I really appreciate you being here. And uh, we'll see you next week. Take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think. Or, hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.